Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Sacred Garden. I'm your host, Candice Olive, and I'm so excited to be back here. It has been a minute, a hot minute since I have come into this space and connected in with the beautiful intuitive wisdom that exists here. I have been doing a lot of life admin myself, a lot of my own shadow healing and integration. I moved countries. I moved back to Australia. I'm with my family now, which is so exciting for me and has given me a really beautiful opportunity, I think, to look back at what the past three years living overseas, being in London, living during a pandemic, moving around and almost having my life crumble, but giving me a really beautiful opportunity to learn and grow and try something different and be lost for a minute and rebuild my foundations. And I think I'm still anchoring into that, which I'm so grateful for. And I think is such a blessing that I'm given that opportunity to reconstruct who I thought I was and what I thought I was and really encompass and embody the beauty of the self-healing and the community-based healing that I've been able to be a part of for the many years that I have been engaging in self-healing in itself. Um, so I'm, I hope that all of you have been well, uh, all new members of the community, new listeners, conscious healers, people who have already been in this space. Thank you uh, for coming back and engaging with and giving energy to this growing community. Um, I'm really excited today about today's topic because I think it's something that we can all connect to in our own way and is really an important function of anchoring into our own self-healing and discovering, learning, and embodying our true divine essence. So without further ado, let us begin to talk about inner child healing. Now, the inner child is something that is, I think, so sacred to every single one of us and a part of us that we sometimes are not always consciously aware of, though they are always interacting with who we are as people. The inner child is like a fragment, a fragment, an embodied fragment of your identity. They are separate to you, but at the same time, they are not. They are completely a part of who you are. And they are the part of you that honors your youthful essence, embodies the totality of your childlike spirit. They see life from a complete sense of wonder, from a space of heart-centered awareness, and they embrace the curiosity of the new experiences, the creative energy, the playful energy that life and and being an incarnated soul really has to offer. The thing about the inner child is they are subconsciously, should I say, and also consciously informing our everyday practices, our everyday understanding of the world and the way in which we engage with our experiences. And so in order to really understand who the inner child is, we need to understand that the inner child and their perspective, their experience and the way in which they understand things is crafted primarily through many of the experiences that we have and we are exposed to in our early childhood. And these experiences, this understanding is constantly being shaped by our current actions. A theorist, or should I say a a biologist, a stem cell biologist by the name of Dr. Bruce Lipton, who 
has really helped me to anchor into this part of my healing journey. Um, he spoke about the fact that the subconscious mind is developed by the age eight. So from the third trimester of pregnancy to the, around the age of seven or eight, our subconscious mind is in this mode, which is like a sponge. We are open and we are active to everything that is around us. Our soul in a way is taking that time, let's say that eight and a half or longer, maybe it's shorter years to understand our environment, understand how we relate to people understand our vessel and how our energy sits in our vessel. And of course, that is a process that continues as we age, but that is really the time where we are building the foundations of who we are as people and how we exist in this world. So essentially what happens then is any experiences we have in that eight or so years becomes a foundational part of how we interact with ourselves and how we interact with the outer world. The subconscious mind is responsible for around 80 to 90% of the decisions that we make. So if we look at our habits then, a lot of our emotional patterning and how we see ourselves, how we respond to things, how we engage, whether we are open to receiving or whether we are more of a giver, a lot of these narratives and beliefs come from that time in which our subconscious mind is really active and building. Now, what our role therefore is in, in connecting with our inner child is how do we utilize that information, what we know of the subconscious mind, the presence of our inner child and the way they feed from the, the subconscious mind. How do we anchor into that and work through reprogramming understanding and building a stronger relationship with our inner child so that we can live from a more conscious place, from a place of deeper self-awareness and from a place where we are of service to ourself and of the world and to the world in a very conscious and beautiful way. I believe that our inner child plays a really important role in our lives in helping us to anchor back into our heart space, this beautiful space of vulnerability, of innocence, of gentleness. And it really allows us to experience the joy of living again, of finding curiosity and the beauty of creative play, of taking risks and jumping into new experiences, not quite knowing what the end result is, but knowing intuitively within ourselves that those experiences are going to be truly transformational. Of thinking, feeling, and embracing the excitement that we all have for life. It is harnessing this adventure of living freely and truthfully in your authentic self. The fact that the inner child can embody the essence of a conscious relationship and looking at love as the essence of our inner child's existence our inner child has this really amazing ability to connect us with our innermost conscious existence. And this goes back to vulnerability. I think a lot of the time we are taught that vulnerability is something that is easy to be manipulated or something that makes us weak and allows people to take advantage of us. And really that fact, and it is a fact because it does happen in life, that fact is not our fault. That is other people's projections and intentions. What is most important to us is we remember within ourselves that vulnerability, being able to connect with people, to connect with nature, 
to connect with our innermost emotions, sitting in that shadow work, that shadow healing, sometimes those dark, hard emotions to grasp. Being able to move through that is possibly one of the greatest strengths that a person can have. Not shying away from those difficult conversations. Not shying away from facing the fact that maybe sometimes you are the one that has caused the the you are the one that has caused the pain in your life. You are a part of that process. And using that as an opportunity to say, hey, I messed up. I hurt myself or I hurt someone else. And I take ownership for that. What am I going to do now with that knowledge? How am I going to allow that knowledge and that wisdom to make me a better version of myself? And I think this is really where anchoring into our inner child healing is so important because we remember how magnificent we are. It is not about our strengths and weaknesses, but rather rather, it is the embodiment of our beautiful existence, of the messiness, of the struggles, of the suffering, taking it all as it is and knowing that each one of those aspects, each one of those fragments makes us a complete self, a complete existence, a complete human. The human condition in itself is messy. It is beautiful. It is uplifting. We have our down days and we have our up days. When we look at the small minute moments and we pinpoint certain aspects, we can create narratives from them which lead us down a path of negativity or a path of believing things about ourselves that limit us. But if we look at our lives and the complete totality of our lives, there is so much out there that happens to us. There are so many beautiful things that happen to us that we are so lucky to have. And I think when we step into these spaces of connecting with our healing, when we can look back at our lives and go, yeah, I had had some really horrible moments and I'm ready to sit with that and work through that. But I'm also going to remember that I had some really great moments as well. And they are just as important to remembering my strength, to remembering my essence and to remembering truly how magnificent, abundant and gifted I am. Let's talk a little bit about what reparenting means, because I know in the description for this episode, I talked about reparenting our inner child, looking at our emotional patterns and how we can empower ourselves. So when we talk about reparenting, we are actively engaging in this restructuring of our inner child's perspective of life to embody ourselves from a place of a higher level of authentic truth. Just remember that your inner child remembers things as you did as a child. It remembers things one decade, two decades, three decades ago, what was very present, what was relevant then. And now maybe the person that you are today no longer resonates with those ideals, those narratives, those patterns, and those behaviors, those ones that you learned from society, from the world, from collective community, from your parents and caregivers guardians, from friendships you had. Maybe they were friendships that were only for a moment or they are people you are still friends with, from things you saw on TV or that you learnt at school. Maybe you had one specific moment that you will forever remember in your head as a defining moment in your life during your childhood. And so this all forms a framework of who you are as a person now. 
Now, if we look at unraveling and beginning to unravel those components and those fragments that no longer serve you, any trapped emotions or any ideas that you may have that do not fit in consciously to the vibration or frequency that you are trying to embody and establish, we look at experiencing and unpacking this emotional trauma, this emotional patterning, and bringing it into the light. We talk a lot uh, in spiritual healing or in holistic healing of bringing those darker elements, those shadow elements that often we are ashamed of and we carry shame for, looking at them in a way of gentleness and allowing them to come into the light so they can see and experience and feel that it is okay. And a lot of reparenting is about this. It's a process of giving yourself an opportunity in a space to connect fully in with your experiences and with your emotions, looking at them in a different way and embodying that wisdom. We are in essence teaching ourselves from an adult perspective the foundations of our inner selves that we may have lacked from our upbringing, that maybe we weren't given the right information in order to live consciously in the now. I think what it is, is helping us to develop a really centered awareness and something that I I have learned and I have to remember in my journey, and I'm sure many others will resonate with this, is that when we were growing up, we were growing up in a decade that had a completely different set of knowledge to what we have now. I grew up in the 90s and the 90s is completely different to my current existence. We didn't have technology the way kids of today do. We weren't on our phones posting photos and making videos and connecting digitally in that way. I think I remember when I was in high school, MySpace came out. That was when MySpace was massive and we were connecting in that way. And that was sort of a part of our life where we would log on and log off, go on MSN and log off. But I think now for a lot of children, they are very connected into the digital age. And I think a big question to ask is, how is that helping us and how is that hindering us? But also, if you grew up in an age where we did not have those tools and those cultural artifacts, what does that say of the person that you are and how you connect to your inner child? So I think really the importance of reparenting is going back into who you were, who you are are becoming, and who you want to be, creating a space where you can feel safe and whole to feel your emotions, anchoring into forgiveness and acceptance of what was. We can't change the past as much as we want to look at what happened and ask questions of if that hadn't happened, maybe I wouldn't have struggled or had this trauma. We can't do that. We don't have time machines and can go back. And if we think about it, would it really serve us? Because every version of who you were has been important to creating the person that you are now. And that doesn't mean I wish struggle and suffering on anyone. But really what it is, is in stepping into this embodied sort of healing, we are saying to ourselves, I know that I am a more complete version of myself. I know that I can center into a deeper level of awareness. I know that I can look back and embody the wisdom of what happened to me, anchor into resiliency and move forward with a deeper understanding of myself, 
of others, of the world, and of my capacity to heal. When we are going through this reparenting of our inner child and of their world, we are really creating a powerful relationship with them. It's not just about healing what was, but it's also how can I embody the truth of this fragment of who I am, this childlike truth, and work with them, engage with them, embrace their essence to assist me in living a more fulfilling version of myself, of anchoring into the beauty of life, the excitement and the curiosity, and taking my life to another level. And of course, we talked about previously the power of the subconscious mind. A lot of this work can be uh, working through that subconscious programming and retelling those stories, recreating narratives which empower you and focus on your strengths recognize where you struggle with certain aspects or recognize emotional patterning that you are still working through. But what it's really doing is giving you the tools and giving you a more powerful framework from which to live more truthfully and authentically in who you are. Now that we have looked at the emotional patterning side of inner child work and what it means to reparent and giving you a very basic understanding of the framework of the subconscious mind, because of course, humans, we are very complex beings and even the simple and the minute can be so much more complex and expansive in the different ways that we look at them. I would love to give you uh, a few ways that you can work through healing with your inner child, creating a really conscious relationship and anchoring into your own self-healing journey. Now, these are ways that I have connected with myself and also that I have learned of from others. So of course, this list is extensive and exhaustive. If you work with different practitioners in different modalities, they are going to have their own ways of working with the inner child of uh, subconscious reprogramming and looking at how that functions as a part of you coming into a space of feeling more empowerment in your life. I like to look at it from a spiritual perspective and a place of self-healing. So these are some tools that maybe you can in include in your everyday life or you can start to anchor into that can sort of give you a little bit of a way on your journey. And I hope that you get all the wisdom that you need from them. So let's start first by talking a little bit about getting lost in the world of fantasy. This might be a momentary thing. This might be something you engage with every day at some point, or this might be something you start to embody. And I would like to think that the embodiment is the best part and the most fun part because it becomes a part of who you are, not just something you do, but who you are and forms a part of the framework of your personality, of your relationships, and of how you live your life. So what do we think about and talk about when we are getting lost in fantasy? It means imagining the infinite possibility you see children living within. When children are playing and being creative, they don't care how stupid they look. For them, they are fulfilling this crazy adventurous narrative in their heads. They step away from the practical world. That is their caregiver's responsibility. For them, it is about having the best time that they can, right? How can we then embody that? How can we step away from the practical for a moment and allow ourselves to dream outside of the confines of what we believe life should be? A really great way to do this is to consider activities you love to do as a child. 
How can you interact with them from the person that you are now? The biggest word that can describe this is to embody the essence of play, of getting lost, of being silly, of having fun, of not worrying about what you're going to do tomorrow or what you did yesterday, of giving yourself that unfiltered time. Maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's an hour in your day. Maybe it's a whole week, you go on holiday and you just forget everything and have fun. Eat foods that you loved to eat as a child. Watch TV shows, watch really great cartoons that you used to watch and laugh at and find so entertaining. Engage in physical activity that you loved as a child, riding a bike, playing outside, going swimming, whatever it was. Connect with your old friends people you still can have a relationship with and you feel are still on your level to reminisce and remember what it was like to be in that place of really being open to the possibilities in life. Another really great way that you can connect with your inner child is either through self-discovery or working with practitioners or or a support system holistically, whether that's mental health, spiritual health, physical, uh, emotional, environmental, or social. Give yourself a chance to review experiences from your childhood that is still affecting you today. This is really where you look at your emotional patterning and you ask yourself what it is that you carry within you that is causing you some sort of discomfort or is limiting your capacity to step fully or more fully into your life? How can you work with those experiences to reframe them to be centered in your current awareness? Think about what sort of relationships are you still triggering or are still triggering patterns from your childhood and how can you move through them with a greater awareness and clarity? Now, the reason why I say it is important sometimes to work with a practitioner is We might not always know on what level we have embodied certain aspects and buried emotions subconsciously. And when you step into this space of vulnerability, you don't always know what's going to come out, what sort of emotions are waiting to be freed on an energetic level, what sort of patterning is waiting to be given a space to fully unfurl almost like a bird would like spread its wings, the freedom of that. And so sometimes it's important to have someone there that can take you through that journey, that can help you to feel safe and create a framework where the expression of those emotions, whether it's anger, fear, happiness, joy, is contained in a way that it is truly transformational for you, where you can take that wisdom and take the resources it has given you in order to thrive as opposed to a situation where it overwhelms you and it makes it hard for you to engage in everyday practice and in relationships with other people. And I'm sure we've all been through that in our lives where we've experienced emotions where it took us to a capacity that made it challenging to be in our everyday lives in some component. So I think where you need that support and if you have access to it, please seek it. Look in your community look in your local councils, look online and find the tools and resources that you need in order to really create a cohesive framework of healing for yourself. 
on a level of self-focused healing, uh, a really great step that you can take is anchoring into exploring an open emotional relationship with your inner child through journaling. Now, journaling is something that I personally engage with quite frequently and really became a place for me to channel out a lot of trapped energy energetic frequency, emotions, mental scapes that I had been housing and suppressing within myself where I didn't have an outlet for them. And so everybody has their own way of sort of sorting through the chaos that can sometimes go through our heads. Um, But I found journaling and writing, focusing on an inner dialogue to really understand the fears, the challenges, the joys, and the biggest dreams of my inner child. I think when you write and you write from the perspective of your inner child in a very almost stream of consciousness way, you give yourself the opportunity to learn about them. What is their personality? What are their expectations of life, of relationships, of you as their protector, of you as their parent? What do they expect of you? And how does this frame your current reality? How does the cohesion in your relationship or maybe the separation in your relationship affect the way you engage with your life. And I think as you open this space to have this emotional relationship with your inner child, you are creating foundational steps for a greater sense of empowerment in your life because the healing and working with the inner child is not just something you do once and then that's it. You don't just go, okay, you're healed, now I can move on to something else. It is an active relationship. That inner child is always there, interacting with you, engaging in play. It is where you go to to engage with creativity and joy. And so we want to continue to have that. We want to be able to connect with other people that that are anchored and tapped into that energy. And so this continuous relationship allows us to do that in a different way and to connect to the other selves, the other facets of our identity in a more cohesive way. I think a really big part of this, especially if you are looking at um, understanding the challenges of your inner child, is recognizing that when your inner child looks at what happened in our lives, they are looking at things from the perspective of a child's mental scape, a child's understanding of life. And so things that you might be able to conceptualize now as an adult for them might be something that they don't have the capacity to do. What this therefore opens up is a space for you to not only understand, but to reframe the way that they see the world and help them to forgive what has happened, forgive you for not protecting them when you weren't able to, and understand that their needs weren't met. But you are here now in a place, you have evolved to a place where you can give yourself and your inner child that support and nourishment now. I think the biggest thing that I have learned and I know many people have that I have spoken to about their childhood and the things that they have been challenged through in life, the biggest thing and the biggest sort of understanding we have come to is that as much as we want to and we do, blaming other people for what happened to us does not allow us to move forward. Forgiveness is something that is so interesting because on one side of forgiveness, 
it feels like if I let go of this emotional pain, what do I have to protect myself? The other side of forgiveness is if I let go of this emotional pain, I can be free to protect myself. And I think that's the really key thing that by allowing yourself to experience and express that emotional pain that you have carried from whatever part of your life, but especially from your childhood, you are saying to yourself, I deserve better. I can learn through this. I can give myself what I need now. Sometimes we can hold frustrations for our upbringing and for the things that we were taught. And we look at it and we're like, if you hadn't taught me that, or if you had only taught me this, maybe I'd be different. And yeah, maybe you would have been different. But I'm sure there are other things that you wouldn't have been taught in those situations that you needed now. And so I think the biggest thing is to remember that the people that brought you up were doing their best. They were also struggling through, suffering through, being challenged by the world and their own inner healing. And some people on some level weren't able to step into that guardianship role. Being responsible for another human being, for a child's upbringing is something that's not easy. And a lot of us come from families where I know for myself, my family moved to a completely new country and we're bringing up two children in a new cultural landscape, in a new political system. And that would have had its challenges on themselves. I can relate to that from moving overseas and what that means to uproot your life, to create better for yourself. And so I could only imagine and sort of empathize with what that experience is like. I think something that really sits with me when I channel into this understanding of our conscious relationships with family and with the people who were instrumental in our upbringing is that our souls are of different frequencies. Some souls are older than others. Some souls have been incarnated in more places and on this earth for a longer time than others. And so we each embody different wisdom. My dad always says this to me, and my mom does as well. They say that although I am older than you, you are still teaching me stuff too. As much as you are learning from me, we are learning together. And it takes me back to remembering that we made these conscious decisions to be in these families that we are in, or to, in many ways, connect with certain people who maybe uh, we have made a contract to meet in this lifetime and to evolve with and to grow with. And there are challenges that come with that. So I think leaning into that and remembering that, zooming out a little bit and going, okay, how can I look at these situations from a higher perspective? It really helps you to come back into centered awareness, into your heart space, and embrace all that is so that you can become all that you want to be. Of course, it's so important to look at healing in a holistic space. And so I think that something that can really support you when you're doing a lot of the emotional and the mental and even spiritual work is also taking a moment to focus on body awareness. And for some people, this step can actually be an introduction towards uh, moving into and building a firm foundation for inner work. Body awareness is so important because what it allows you to do is to tune into your body on all levels. Maybe you start with the spiritual and then you work into the emotional, mental, move to the physical, circle into the environmental and the social aspects that are inscribed onto you or that 
you are influenced by or interact with. Of course, a lot of the times in holistic healing, we look at the four main aspects, but as we are emerging and evolving, we are starting to learn about different ways that we are influenced and that we are built, that we carry our identity and we identify with ourselves. And so I think exploring your body from a place of inner awareness, it allows you an opportunity to look beyond what can my body do for me? And it looks at what is my body allowing me to do? I think it's really allowing you to build a conscious relationship with your body beyond your physical manifestation. It helps you to create a really strong grounding when exploring these dense emotions and these mental scapes. And it brings you back to the present moment, the, the now moment, the inner stability that you are developing. Now, you can do this through many different modalities. Uh, you can do it through somatic work. Uh, and somatic work, normally you would work with a practitioner and they will use different techniques to help you to tap further into different fragments, energetic patterning, and the totality of your body's existence. One of my favorite ones to work with is yoga. Uh, I think yoga is a complete modality that allows you to work on many different levels of your body and your auric field. And it gives you a practice, a daily practice from which to come back to when maybe you're feeling overwhelmed or chaotic or you lose your way a little bit. It almost centers you back. It becomes your compass back to your inner self so you can ground back into your truth and just remember your power. Remember your empowerment. Remember your true authentic self. Other ways you can work through body awareness and centering into body awareness is through meditation and intuitive movement, taking those moments to really connect in and be in this present moment giving yourself an opportunity to be in the here and now, being present in what is happening to you now, acting rather than reacting. A lot of the times we don't realize that when we are faced with certain experiences, we actually react from that subconscious patterning. We react from what we think is going to happen rather than what is actually happening. And we form narratives, we form beliefs from which we base our experiences on, from which we base our reactions on. And I think uh, centered body awareness really allows you to take a step back and go, I understand that I have seen things in this certain way, but I'm going to look at what is happening right now. I'm going to embody the wisdom from what I've known from my life, but I'm going to remember that this is a new moment. And in this moment, I have the power to change things. A part of this sort of centered body work can be working with an energy healer. And of course, there are many different modalities when it comes to spiritual and energy healing. So it's important to do research and understand how they function to see what you resonate with intuitively, what your body is calling out for, and who you can form a really great relationship with to help you through that process. I think that it's important to take that moment to clear and unlock any old fragments from your childhood that your inner child might be holding on to that may be replaying in your energetic body. And if you are someone who understands the frameworks of holistic healing, you will know that any disturbances, any discomfort, any sorts of deviations in your energetic pattern 
on any level of your auric field within your physical body can manifest in some sort of dis-ease. And so it's important to look at each of those layers of who you are and ensure that that energy, that energetic frequency is clear. If we don't completely clear that energetic frequency or as much of it as we can, what's going to happen is it's going to come back and it's going to replay in a different way and keep playing out because it will be drawn back to you. So we want to make sure that we are giving you the best foundation and the best framework. And of course, if it comes back, it's there to teach you, to show you another area where maybe uh, you need to do some more conscious healing. It's giving you a greater opportunity to heal. In that way, it is a blessing. So I hope these, uh, these ways of connecting with your inner child have been profound and have given you a bit of insight into the way in which you can actively and consciously anchor into your inner child healing. And I just want to remind you that there is no one way of doing this. Healing is non-linear. There is no start to finish. Every different person requires different support systems. So find what works for you. Know that that is something that can change and be open to that change. And remember your power in this. This journey is yours to own. Work with the people that empower you and never stop believing in your truth. I believe that the basis of empowered inner child healing is to remember that life is a journey, not a race. You don't need to wait for your inner child to be healed in order to live your life. It is in the very fact that you are engaging in that healing that you are giving yourself an opportunity to enjoy and embrace life. You are reminding yourself of your capacity to become a higher version, a more conscious version of yourself to find joy and empowerment in your everyday life, that you can switch modes whenever you want to, that if you are on a specific timeline, you have the capacity to jump to one that is more fulfilling, but you need to ensure that you do your inner work. You sit down with yourself and you embody the tools and the wisdom that is relevant to you. I believe it's so important when you are working with your inner child to be patient and understanding. Know that this process of reprogramming your subconscious mind, of reorienting your inner child's understanding, is showing them an alternative way to see things, and that can take the time it needs to take. And of course, you're going to connect with different modalities and different people who will show up when you are ready to heal. My dad always says to me, When the student is ready, the master or the teacher will appear. And that's just the beauty of living in this cosmos and in this incarnation. We are constantly being supported in more ways than we know. And as we tap in more into the universal consciousness, we understand that we are supported in everything that we go through. I believe embodied inner child healing is really about being attentive to your needs Our inner child can be really hurt when they are ignored or not given the love, support and empathy that they need in order to thrive. So in doing this work, we are giving ourselves the chance to respect our inner child's idea of conscious freedom, even if it differs from our adult view of the world, and work in a way of being flexible to their needs while also embodying the logical reason and intuitive wisdom that we engage with. When we look at a healed inner child, we think about 
our capacity to take risks, to not be afraid to try new things that pique your interests. No matter how silly it might be, not worrying about what other people are going to think, being open to connecting with the joy and the creative freedom that life has to offer. Every day, there is something new for you to experience. Even if you were doing the same thing, maybe you work nine to five and five days a week, you go to the same job. No two days are the same. And it is about recognizing that we have the capacity to change a moment with the click of our fingers. Our change in trajectory, the way we make decisions, deciding that, you know what, I've eaten the same thing every day for the past couple of days. I'm going to eat something different for lunch today. I'm going to buy lunch today. I'm going to try that new place on the corner. This is giving you the opportunity to step out of the lines for a second, color out of the lines, use colors you've never used before, see what it's going to look like. When we think about a healed inner child, we are anchoring into love and vulnerability in its openness and knowing that we can stand in a place of embracing our emotions completely and that we have the tools, that we have boundaries, we have an understanding and we have wisdom that protects us, that ensures we have a focus level of discernment and active communication skills which will always support us in our journeys and in our conscious relationships with others and ourselves. When you have a healed inner child, you are interdependent in relationships. You don't so much rely on others to ensure you are safe, but you recognize that they form a part of your support system, of your safety network. Others become a part of experiencing life with you, like partners in crime, right? You form partnerships with people and with situations and experiences that help you to thrive, that hold you when you need support and anchor into the wisdom of conflict, knowing that in any challenges you go through in life, you have the capacity to come out on the other end, wiser, stronger, and more embodied in your freedom. In relationships, you feel safe to be your true self, and you allow others to experience the magnificence that is you, the authenticity, the beauty, the vulnerability that is you. You can stand in those denser emotions, in those emotions that can sometimes feel overwhelming. And you know that the people you have around you are going to support you, are going to help you in situations where you don't feel at your best and you feel powerless. They are going to feed you the energy that you need to step into those spaces. So whether you are together or you're apart, you can be the best versions of yourself. A healed inner child Their needs are being met, both by yourself and within your key relationships. You are not afraid to speak your needs, what you want, what you desire. And you are not afraid to distance yourself from situations where you are not being fully nourished. You are open to embracing the uniqueness of your authentic creative expression. And this one makes me so excited because I think that Our authenticity is so powerful. We live in a world sometimes where I think we're so used to things being the same. People want to wear the same sorts of clothes or have the same sorts of technology. It's always about what are other people doing. But also, what about what we want? 
What about us expressing who we truly are, wearing clothes that make us feel good, eating foods that really nourish our body, give us the fuel that we need, feed ourselves, but also allow us to try new things. And for me, this is pastries. Anyone who knows me knows I love a good pastry. Of course, it's not something that I indulge in every single day, but when I do, I get a good pastry and I give myself that moment to enjoy that because it is something that brings me joy. It's really about engaging in activities and experiences that feed your soul, that give your soul the opportunity to experience the beauty, the complexity, the variety, the diversity that is this life, this existence. We are never going to have these moments again. The day I've had today, I'm never going to have that day again as much as I try and replicate it. And so it's been able to go with that flow and engage with that unknown. What is today going to bring me? I have the capacity and the tools to step into whatever today is going to bring me. And if I don't, I'm going to learn. Maybe today I just need to lay down and rest. Or maybe today I have a lot of energy and I can get done what I get done. It's taking the ebbs of flows of life and engaging with it in a way that allows you to truly thrive. I believe that truthfully, a healed inner child embraces the mysteries of life, the infinite possibilities that are around us and within us, the excitement to live life fully with love, with curiosity, with the power of our creative oneness behind us. We are at the center of this beautiful existence that is life. And I think as we harness into the sheer unknown aspects, we know that there is so much more out there and that these lines that we have created are only guides. They are not walls and they can crumble whenever we are ready to bring them down. So as always, I am going to leave you with a little bit of embodied channel wisdom. And it is that we are many fragments of one consciousness. Each fragment interacts to create a complete soul expression. Every fragment is as important as the next. No fragment is more important or should be left behind. Within each of us is the beauty of mystical expression. Through our inner child healing, we remember the truly mysterious and joyful essence that life can offer us. We are not limited by our challenges, but made wiser by our ability to embrace their existence. Be curious. There is always more to experience. Thank you for taking a moment to connect with the Sacred Garden. I hope this place has provided you with all the divine nourishment that you currently need. I look forward to meeting you here next time. Many blessings and infinite love.